Through our many engagements daily, we support airmen in emergency financial distress, we help their families achieve their educational goals, and we improve quality of life through our proactive community programs. This is Airmen Helping Airmen, a podcast brought to you by the Air Force Aid Society and our generous donors who support airmen and their families. Each episode, we will strive to bring a smile, spark an idea, or perhaps even having you shed a tear. We will share airmen and their family stories in their voice and show you how the Airmen Helping Airmen philosophy still drives our mission today. But why is that important? Because none of it's possible without you. You've heard us use the word legacy a few times throughout our podcast, but today we're going to use the word descendant. On March 5th, 1770, Crispus Attucks was the first American martyr to die during the Boston Massacre, also known as the first person killed in the American Revolution, a pre-revolutionary war event. I had the opportunity to sit down with Mark Attucks Sr., the fifth generation of Attucks to serve in our nation's military, a descendant of Crispus Attucks and also a retired Master Sergeant of the United States Air Force. My name is Mark Attic, Sr., 53 years old, and I am a senior executive for the Department of Justice. I will be following my passion in September of going to law school in Western Michigan University, Cooley Law School, in order to be a civil rights and employment law attorney specializing in federal sector practice. I am a retiree of the United States Air Force, where I served uh, 20 years, from 1985 to 2005, about our forefather, Crispus Attucks, of that he was a man of conviction. He was, he and his sister, Phoebe, were educated. I mean, educated from the perspective that they could read and write, which was very rare, uh, you know, back in those times, and that he you know, was a person not only uh, as it relates to the current times of, of social justice, he was one that not subscribe to slavery. You know, he left the South, he left the plantation and migrated up north to Massachusetts to be free and to provide a better life and lineage for his family. And so, you know, I am one and my family tree, we, we really gravitate to education. Everybody in my family minimally has a bachelor's degree and most of us have multiple degrees above uh, our bachelor's. So I always tell my kids about service before self, practicing what we preach and and hitting the books, you know, unconditionally. Uh, that has evolved throughout the addict's lineage to where we, we've always took, uh, took upon that call of arms to serve our country. Yeah, my career path when, when I joined was a security specialist, and, and I can give you a little bit of background with that. I had an ROTC instructor, uh, Senior Master Sergeant Roland Wilkins. I still remember he was so influential in my decisions uh, there, and he was a security specialist. Back then, we had security specialists and law enforcement, two uh, separate career fields. And uh, he shared a lot of experiences with me of, of how high how profile it was and his experience overseas. And so I admired him and I developed a, a, a keen interest in living overseas because his experience was so favorable to him. Secondly, 
being a security specialist and, and having that beret and all, all of those, those things that I saw in, in, you know, in him, that was my drive and motivation. And, uh, and I, that's what I did. I, I, I went in and I was fortunate as my first assignment to be stationed in, in Germany. I spent my first seven years in two different bases and, uh, and later had another year. And so a total of eight years in, in Europe and then I did Korea. And then the rest of my time was stateside. I went back to school, got me a, uh, an MBA and I retrained into the finance field. And I spent the remainder of my time, the, the last eight years and so in the finance field, which set me up for success post-military life. I continue to, uh, you know, to serve my country. I, I did a little detour immediately after retiring, and I went and became an executive and eventually a senior executive for Target. I worked with Target for five years, and then got that calling uh, to serve my country again. I got hired as a regional chief financial officer, uh, chief financial officer at the VA, and then after that, I was hired as a senior executive in uh, the Department of Justice, where I currently am working until I'm finished up going to law school in September. My first interaction with the Air Force Aid Society was being overseas and uh, actually seeing how they provided assistance to my fellow airmen when I was stationed in Europe. So that's how I first became knowledgeable of them. I had a personal experience with them while living in Korea. Airmen helping airmen, in my opinion, is about from, from the get-go. They penned a term after I got out called, you know, taking care of your wingman or something to that point. But even before you start putting taglines on things, the Air Force and, you know, the Air Force Ace have, have been doing that uh, during my time as a first sergeant. Literally, I probably, during my time, I personally facilitated through Air Force aid, you know, a hundred or so airmen for various issues that impacted these airmen's life. And when you're in a crisis, when you have an issue that's going on, you know, there's nothing more important to that airman than being able to resolve whatever that issue is, whether it's the death or, or, or burial of a loved one, or, or, or some other traumatic situation to not have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, you cannot put a price tag on that. And, uh, you know, I will always remember my interaction with them and, and, and I salute them for what they do each and every day. You know, my time in the military gave to charities and Air Force Aid was one of those charities that I donated to because of my belief and, and their mission and what they've done, not only for me directly, but what I saw in countless examples uh, of airmen helping airmen. So I'm a huge proponent of, of uh, Air Force aid and their mission. I had the, the, the honor to see, because I was a very young supervisor, I made rank very early, and I, and I had some very direct experiences with airmen being assisted with by Air Force aid. And so I had a peripheral understanding and appreciation, but my true aha moment was when I needed it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's great to see other people getting help but, you know, you cannot internalize it and experience it until it's your time to walk in those shoes. And so it enhanced my ability as the first sergeant in order to be able to assist people and, and, and share that story because sometimes you need a testimony. So that was my aha moment when I personally needed it 
and how it uh, benefited my life. My forefather, Chris Pizzatics, who was a, a um, an educated person, he could read and write and uh, escaped and was a free man in Massachusetts and was the first to die for uh, America's freedom during the American Revolutionary War. Uh, the principle that he passed down throughout our family was the value and importance of education. With the Air Force Aid Society, it also provides some great opportunities and have great education resources for uh, your spouses and other family members. And that is a great uh, opportunity for them to uh, and embrace those opportunities to leverage that education. And, and that is one of the things from my forefather to myself that we value and we know that can make a, a difference in each and everyone's life. And to each of you, take hold of your opportunities that's before you. Do not wait for anyone to do it for you. You have to be proactive and dedicated to do it. Look at me, I'm, I'm 53 years old, uh, at the top of my profession, uh, you know, already multiple degrees, but you know, it's something that I, you know, uh, know I can do and I can do this and make a difference in someone's, someone's life. You know, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm no smarter than anyone else. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just disciplined and, and have a focus to, 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 to do it. So uh, if I can do it, everyone else can do it. If there is no reason uh, that you can't. You just need, need to put in your mind, this is what I want to accomplish. And you can do that. I'd like to thank retired Master Sergeant Mark Attic Sr. for taking the time and talking with me. It was inspiring. Like General Hap Arnold and B started the legacy for the Air Force A Society, five generations of addicts have continued their legacy of service to our military. If you'd like to support the Air Force A Society, go to afas.org, locate that red donate button and click donate. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast because without our airmen and their families, our donors, and of course you, our listeners, none of this would be possible. Until next time, keep listening.